This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady, and I'm here with my partner, Johnny Craig. You usually say Johnny. Johnny Craig. Okay, there we go. And we have our friend, Ryan Purse. Ryan Purse. Legitimately, I forgot your name there in the heat of the moment. That's okay. Yeah, I picked it up for you. Ryan, tell us where you're from and what you're doing. Uh, Jeff, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I came to Orange City, Iowa as a missionary uh, from city to small town. (laughs) That sounds like my wife. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, I I, I didn't want to be a Jonah, so I I came here and um, serving in a 200 church, but it's it's actually a 50 church. How are the Ninevites responding? uh, Well, (laughs) that's that's probably another (laughs) podcast. Um, so yeah, I came and uh, I'm the solo pastor of a, a church of about 50 on a good Sunday. Okay, cool. And where did you come from? What were you doing? What was it? What's your past been like? I moved here from Louisville, Kentucky. That's where I graduated seminary. Before that, I was in South Carolina for a few years, picked up a wife along the way as well as three kids. Uh, we'll have another child next week, Lord willing. Wow. Um, I didn't know it was coming along that quick. Busy, yeah, busy. yeah. So Do we know what it is? We don't. We were. It's a surprise. You're so. a surprise guy. Yeah. Uh, surprise guy. Wow. That's good. There's not a whole lot of surprises left in life, so this is one of them. So you couldn't tell from the ultrasound? No, no. When you watched? Okay. No. Mine, the nurse was like, if you didn't want to know, I don't think we could have hit it from you. My son was all out there with it, so. Okay, we're, we're moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you have something in common with Johnny and I, other than being pastors... What is it? United Package Smashers. United. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, that sounds there's going to be a no, knock at no, my door. Right. Can you edit that out, Jeff? <laughs> uh, yeah, I worked during seminary. Worked at UPS. It was a great job. Great company to work for. And uh, it really does. It teaches you some things that are very helpful in ministry later on. You're I, trying to build the company up now, right? I am. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Brian Hansen was a UPS guy too. He wasn't was. He? In fact, Brian worked for me at UPS. That's incredible. The number of pastors who who worked at UPS. It's a disproportionate number. Spending time at UPS makes a man turn to God. I think that is probably and it uh, makes a man a man. <laughs> That's what I would say. It does. It does. It, it's yeah. It's it's boot camp. Really, it's it really ministerial is. boot camp. In <laughs> That's true. That's a good well, point. if anybody knows UPS, they may know that Louisville is a big, big hub, right? It is, yep. yep. One of the largest in the country, I believe. I mean, when I worked in Scranton, so we weren't that far, really. I mean, we're on the East Coast, mm. but uh, never been down to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you got to go sometime and check out the Louisville Museum, and the Slugger Museum. Actually, that was a lie. Louisville is not as far east as I was thinking it was. No, it's just south of Ohio. I have been to Louisville. I was there for a conference. Yes, and I got my picture taken next to the Babe Ruth statue. Well, there you go. See? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been to Louisville. Now yeah. I feel left out. You've I've, never been to Louisville? I've not. No. Oh, I drove through slugger. Kentucky once, but I didn't go to Louisville. No, unfortunately. I've got the bat, the little bat that I got <laughs> okay. from yeah. the Louisville Slugger oh. Right. If you do a tour, you get a little bat. So there's yeah, evidence yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to the come on, let's get to the podcast. <laughs> hey, this is the point. <laughs> this is the point. Ryan, you are a solo pastor, and we have talked about the solo pastors uh, on our 200 Churches podcast, and I've always said that the podcast is for the solo pastors uh, that don't have staff, that are doing it on their own. It's for the, um, oh, what is it, what is it called when they work and they pastor at the same time? Bivocational. Bivocational 
pastor and is for the lay pastor. Really, pastors that are not supported by a staff, let alone a large staff, and that really, if it's not if it's not done by them, it, it ain't going to get done. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the pros and cons of being a solo pastor. Ryan, start us out here with one of the pros of being a solo pastor. Yeah, well, probably the, the greatest pro is uh, the staff meetings go exceptionally well because I seldom <laughs> disagree with myself. And so... Uh, at least not on the same day, right? At least not on the same day. So that's uh, obviously, you are the, the guy, you're the leader uh, making the decisions, and it's you and the Holy Spirit with a lot of decisions that you're going to make. And But I, I think the, the number one reason that I, I took this church uh, was a result of an article I read by Tim Keller, who pastors a, a large uh, church plant in New York City. But mm-hmm. his first pastorate was a solo church in a rural community. And he says, you gain great ministry experience, uh, diverse experience. You're a generalist and, and you're going to do a lot of things. And so that's uh, that was really the largest pro that has come out of uh, okay. taking it. So I grew up and my, my dad was a solo pastor as well. And um, I was just talking to Jeff about this. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but my dad, he picked the music. My mom played piano he led the music does your wife play the piano no she doesn't was she, she concerned about that uh, becoming I, a pastor's I, wife to, to be honest she she does but during the interview i made it clear that that my wife is not going to be associate pastor that's fantastic it's not a two-for-one deal that's uh, that right there makes the podcast as far as advice for solo pastors i think that is fantastic uh, i was just talking with one of the pastors i was studying with last week and uh, they were talking about their wife and what she does at their church and we were talking about the same thing and 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 I just shared with them that my wife, she does what she's gifted to do. I would encourage pastors to treat their wives in terms of what they do in ministry the same as you would any other church member, let alone any other woman in the church. Whatever she's good at and wherever her passion is in ministry, that's where they ought to serve. My dad was a solo pastor. And what you're talking about here with the general right ministry experience, and, and you're going to learn all sorts of stuff. I mean, that that's so true. I mean, he led a children's ministry. He, he led uh, some things with teens, obviously, adults. You know, every every ministry within the church was led by my dad. And I would, I would think that that would be the same probably with you. But I think that also lends to your second point that you uh, brought in to make, which was that you have a broader ministry impact. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're, when you're the solo pastor, you're the children's pastor, the youth pastor, uh, you're pastoring the singles, the college students, and, and the seniors. And so, yeah, you get a broader exposure to all the people in the church, and uh, you do have a greater impact. You learn how to, to relate to a, a greater um, congregation makeup there than uh, if you have a multi-staff dealing with all those. Okay, so we've shared two pros. You've got general ministry experience as a GP, as a general practitioner in ministry, and you can have broader ministry impact because you're working with all the different agencies groups, every, really everybody in the church. Before we go to the last three pros, let's get the cons out of the way. That way we can end on a positive note. Ryan, share the first con with us. The first con is that if you try to do everything, you'll burn out quickly. If, you, if you're a generalist, you say, I'm going to do everything in this church, you're going to burn out, maybe within your first six months or a year. So you've been at it almost two years. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced anything like that yet? Yeah, absolutely. In the first year, uh, I was fresh out of seminary. One of those guys who had zeal, and I was excited to take this new uh, ministry position. And and I did try to tackle too much and not realize where my gifts are at and, and what I can delegate and what I need to delegate. So yeah, I, w- I was close to burning out that first year. And the second year made a transition into realizing I, I, I need help in ministry. I, I need to look for the volunteers. 
So when you try to do everything, um, you know, you're talking about that's when the burnout can set in and you had all this passion and zeal to try to hit the ground running and do all that stuff. But then, you know, things fall through the crack as well, right? That, and that's another con. When the generalist uh, tries to do everything himself, uh, one, not everything is going to get done and certainly not everything is going to get done well. Uh, because I don't have every gifting in the church. That's the second con is is when you're trying to be Superman, when you're trying to be this solo pastor that does everything, it's not going to get done well, and not everything's going to get done. In my first church, which was in a town in Pennsylvania called Factoryville, how's that for the name of the town? In that first church, we had a building program, and we took the old library, the town library, and turned it into our church building. It was as soon as we made that decision that I realized I was going to have to delegate some stuff because I know what a hammer is. I've never actually seen one, but I know what one is, let alone (laughs) held one. So I had to get some buddies that really knew about that kind of stuff, and they did a great job. But honestly, other than putting on a few coats of paint, I really didn't have anything else to do with that. So a lot got done because I didn't do it. Absolutely. And I think the pastor does a disservice to the church when he comes across as he's going to do everything. And he's going to be this generalist who, who is gifted in all these areas. And yeah, he doesn't allow for the church to take ownership over the ministry. And so that that's definitely a con. Uh, when the pastor sees himself as the one gifted in all these areas, and he's really not. He's okay, so so what's what's another negative of being a solo pastor? Uh, I think tied to that is, is some of the God complex. Um, and this is probably just typical of pastoral ministry in general, but because the pastor of a solo the solo pastor of a church is a generalist, uh, he may think that he is omnipresent, uh, omnipotent, and omniscient, uh, that he has to know everything, he has to do everything, and that he has the power to do it all. And so, yeah, a lot of uh, pastors, I think, uh, getting new guys in the ministry also burn out because of this God complex. Uh, we think we need to be Superman, and the church sometimes fuels this too, unfortunately. Okay, so now we've been Debbie Downers, right? And we've talked about all the cons of uh, being a solo pastor, right? Burnout, not everything getting done or not everything getting done well. When we try to take everything, then there's a danger of the church not taking ownership, and then we start to develop a God complex. But there are some pros left. What is one of the best things, you know, what, what is one of the things that you've really uh, seen happen in your two years as a solo pastor that is a, that is a pro? Back to the, the first pro, um, you get this broad ministry experience, so you really get to see where you're truly gifted in. A lot of guys coming right out of seminary, Bible college, it's it's all academics and some of them have not had, and this is pretty true of myself too, haven't had the ministry exposure to see where are you really gifted at? Are, are you an organizer? Can you get small groups going? And uh, or, or you you gifted in teaching or counseling or not gifted in some of these areas, and so because of that, it, it really strengthens some of those weak areas that you didn't realize you even had before going into it. So you got to figure out if you can fly, right? Yeah, it just strengthens strengthens your wings in those areas. You know what, Ryan? When you're in seminary and just as you're getting ready to get out, what do you think your weaknesses are? You mean what did I think were my weaknesses? Well, I'm, I'm kind of this a loaded question because I've got my ideas, but I'm thinking about when I was in Bible college at the time, uh-huh. getting ready to get out and, and, and go after ministry, I didn't think I had weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought they were all going to be my strengths because my strength was being a pastor. Sure. Therefore, I would be doing everything pretty much right. Mm-hmm. And in school, you've got all the answers. Yeah. Because you've never faced any of the problems. Exactly. Yeah. So so what you're saying is by getting involved in ministry as a solo pastor, it really shines a light on 
the weaknesses that you have. Absolutely, yeah. And you, you realize, wow, uh, just because you can you can preach well doesn't mean that you're a good organizer, administrator, uh, a counselor. That does expose those things that you may think you're just going to do naturally well because you're called. Back to the, the calling, you know, pastoral ministry is a calling. And I think sometimes we feel if we're called, then it's just all going to fall into place, not realizing that we need to right. own certain skills. There's growth that's going to occur for, for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. That's absolutely true. The next thing that you had as a pro was something that I it made me think maybe I should become a solo pastor so I can learn this. Because this is an area that I struggle with. I kind of always have. I, I was thinking about you with this one, Johnny. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. I appreciate that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm a, I'm a chronic procrastinator and I'm a chronic, uh, I'm a chronic late starter and everything. So, But you talked about learning self-initiation. Yeah, As a solo pastor. Absolutely. Again, going back to the, the humor at the beginning where uh, I, I seldom have disagreements with my staff because we don't have staff meetings. You know, a staff meeting is it's me and myself and it's thinking through vision. And so, yeah, you do. If you're a, a solo pastor, you're going to take a solo pastor. You have to realize you have to be a self-initiator. You're not going to survive as a solo pastor. You may as well take a staff position if you're not a self-initiator. You're not willing to try to be a self-initiator because so much has to get done as you initiate it. You cast a vision for it and you do it. That makes me want to speak to any non-initiators out there who might be listening to this, and you're a solo pastor in a church, and you are failing because of that, and you're beating yourself up over it, and you're telling yourself you're no good, you're a failure, and the truth is you need to be on a team. The truth is you just need to work with other people right. and stuck out on an island all by yourself when you're not when you don't have an opportunity to really interact with your church congregation most of the days of the week, that's going to be really hard for you because some guys are really good at being by themselves, at studying, at producing a lot of work alone in an office. And then other guys who are more relationally oriented, more people person, that they're not as much the self-initiators, but they just need to be around people and people power them. So if you're out there and you're not a self-initiator, instead of beating yourself up over it, maybe it's time to just make a change and go into a ministry position on a team where you got guys around you where you can all make each other better. Yeah, that's a good point, Jeff. And I, I appreciated how you brought that out too, because I guess when I say self-initiator, I'm not saying it's, uh, you're like the lone ranger. That's when we say solo pastor, you can't think this is a lone ranger deal and you're the guy out there, but you are the one trying to pull your, your team, which is your, probably your whole entire congregation around, uh, to do that. And, and um, I appreciate how you brought out that, uh, that guy who may feel very alone right now and he's not a self-initiator and is how to address that too i like the idea of of the kind of the whole congregation being your team and when you are a solo pastor you know in a, in a church of 50 here you know we're a church of 200 between me and jeff and there are just people that we don't know very well i mean he knows them better than i do because he's been here nine years but there's just people i mean truthfully sometimes people come up to me on a sunday morning i haven't met him yet and i've been here nine months and this church isn't that big what you're talking about where the whole congregation is your team that's kind of a cool deal that's one of the other pros of being a solo pastor. If you're a solo pastor, there's a good chance your congregation is under 100 and under 50, as in my case. And you're going to get to know the people fairly well. It didn't take two years to get to know the people fairly well. It was within the first year. And that's a really positive thing. So there, we developed really great relationships right off the bat with people and, and got into their homes and they came into our home. And so, yeah, there was this sense of, if I could use the word intimacy, 
that occurred within the first six months to a year. And maybe on the flip side of that, the, the con is people always think the pastor, because the congregation is small, that he's always very readily available and very easily accessible. And they forget that he's still a human being and he only has so much time. He has a family. He has his kids. He's going to their soccer practices too. So there's kind of a, a tension sure. there. I'm sure you're nine months pregnant wife. Feels the tension sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then people just stopping by at whatever time they feel like, (laughs) which is great because you've you've created that relational aspect where they don't see you as a detached pastor. But obviously, that that can be problematic too. So you talked about essentially you talked about the boundaries that you have to have as a pastor, even of a small church. We would want to encourage pastors of small churches to still have boundaries. There are going to be times when there's an emergency. When I was pastoring a church of about 30, uh, one night at 1130 at night, I got a phone call and I had to get up for UPS the next morning, but I got a phone call, Jeff, come up here. There's something wrong with my wife. And I left my house and I ran like four houses up from mine and I get to the door and the guy opens the door and he says, Jeff, what's going on? And I look past him and his wife is laying on her back in the living room and she's dead. I was up most of that night. That was going to be a busy, <laughs> that was going to be a busy night. Sure. Uh, talk about intimacy with families. You know, I'll forever be a hero to that family, not because I did anything heroic that night. I just happened to be there and be available. So the only times you really can't have boundaries is during extreme emergencies, but those happen pretty infrequently. Boundaries are really good and they're important, even if you're the pastor of a small church. They, they are. They're, they're hugely important. And, and in my two years of being in at Cornerstone, uh, there's only been one true emergency that has happened on a day off. But Friday's my day off, and I try to guard that diligently. I put the cell phone in another place of the house, spend time with the kids, uh, spend time with my wife. And yeah, you're right, because if you don't set that boundary, uh, the church isn't going to set it for you. Yeah, no, they won't. And, and those things are important because doing those on Friday, doing those things with your wife and kids on Friday allow you to do what you do all the other days of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the home is a place of refuge. It's where you get recharged and you need that time. You, you need that recreation to recreate yourself so you can be an effective pastor. All right. So Ryan, we're going to, we're going to give you the last word today. Um, talk, talk to the solo pastors out there, you know, talk to the guys and, uh, and ladies who are listening today who, who are in a church of, you know, 25, 50 people. They are going through some of these cons and just a message for them to encourage them, um, if they're listening to this podcast. Yeah, I would just encourage the the solo pastor who's in a small situation um, not to be discouraged by the smallness. Uh, I think we often look at ministries and have this uh, this uh, ministerial envy. We see the bigger church, and when you're a solo pastor in a small church, most of the churches are bigger than yours. <laughs> but but not to envy what others have, but to really delight and be content in what God has given you. Remember, Jesus had 12 of his disciples that he poured his ministry into, and those guys changed the world. And so I'd encourage the solo pastor to take that that view of, of being so Christ-like. That, did you invest in those, those 12? 25, you know, 30 people, and believe that God can still use them to change the world. Don't be limited by the smallness, and don't be discouraged by it. Ryan, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate it, and I hope you can join us again and contribute to some of our blog posts. Johnny and I said we're going to have Ryan writing every Monday and Friday blog posts. <laughs> That's right. And just the uh, just the manuscripts for the uh, podcast, so too. If the, co- so. if the quality goes up, you guys can thank Ryan. There you go. Yeah, I, I was just looking for more stuff to add to my schedule. To, That's to right. Diversify myself and to be more of a generalist. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. We will catch you on the next one.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church, it matters huge in the kingdom of God. Thank you.